episode 137, Quality Engagement is a Dance. Educators, is your passion tank running on empty? Look no further. Gretchen of Always a Lesson has a double dose of just what you need. Come fill yourself up with an empowering educators podcast to start your day feeling empowered. Hey, hey, elite educators. It's Gretchen here of Always a Lesson. Thank you for tuning in every week. I, again, I'm calling you elite. That really takes dedication to perfect your craft every time that you tune in to any sort of podcast that can apply to the work you do every day with kids. So I'm honored that you value this show and you continue to tune in. I've learned another lesson, so I can't wait to share it with you. Let's talk about creating and executing an authentic learning experience by putting student ownership at the forefront of every lesson. So let's reignite your passion and potential. You ready? Here we go. So the rationale for this episode is my husband and I just purchased this membership. Every month we get this box from Hunt a Killer, and you might have seen something like this on social media. That's exactly where I had found it, and I thought... This could be something fun when we put our daughter to bed and we have just like an hour before we both crash. And um, sometimes we have a hard time finding a show we both like to watch. So this would be something we could do together, kind of a hobby. And basically what it is, is they send you this mystery box full of all these clues. And I'm someone that loves all sorts of stuff like watching investigation discovery shows and all that creepy stuff. I don't know why I like it so much. Um, Probably because it's just so different from my everyday life. So anyways, we started last night and my husband is always really good when we watch movies about predicting the ending. And that's so infuriating for me because I watch for enjoyment. I'm not like trying to figure it out, but that's just part of his job and it's just part of who he is. And so he was like, yeah, sure. You can, you know, be part of this subscription service and get this box every month. And it's probably going to be totally easy and boring for me. He didn't say any of this until once it came, but that's what he was thinking. And um, we were stumped. I mean, we started and we're like, oh, we got this or it could be this or don't have this. And they give you this journal. And he's like, this is ridiculous. Like, we're not going to make this big crime board, you know. (laughs) And we got so hooked on everything that was happening. We had all these theories and we're trying to prove each other wrong and then prove each other right. And we just had so much fun. And he looked at me. He's like, my brain hurts. Like, I can't do any more tonight. (laughs) And here he was like all high and mighty thinking he was going to be able to figure it out so quick. But and you're like, what does this have to do with this podcast or education? But I was realizing how many important learning skills we were executing in like rapid succession without even realizing it because of the thrill and the excitement to just solve this mystery. I mean, it was critical thinking and finding text evidence and note taking and rereading and conferring and, you know, collaborating with each other, uh, researching, um, you know, finding multiple sources, all sorts of things. And it dawned on me like, oh, my God, this is what learning should be like. I mean, all these skills interwoven, students utilizing the tools in their tool belts just interchangeably, you know, with ease, with confidence, with excitement and expectation, all in the name of learning. 
And so how do we bring that same spirit into the classroom? I'm not saying go bring your hunt to killer box (laughs) into the classroom, but how can we get that same vibe, that same activity and excitement where students are using everything that they've learned so far and putting them into use in a natural way where it's not so isolated, like now we're going to practice finding main idea. And now we're going to learn how to solve multi-step word problems. Like that's not life. Life just hands you things and you have to decide how you're going to go about it. And I want more students to be able to make those choices. Like you guys are empowered with all these skills now. What are you going to do about it? What's your first step? And it's okay you know, to make a wrong move. And I think a lot of times our higher kids get these opportunities because they're caught up in the curriculum. It comes easy. They have this extra time. So we give them these cool projects and, you know, long-term things to solve. And then the kids that are struggling never get the opportunity to think freely is kind of what I think it is. And so they're so structured and just waiting for the teacher to tell them what to do next. And they never learn to really think on their own or try new things and get creative. And so I want to talk a lot today about how everyone in your classroom, no matter where they are on the academic scale, can benefit from a learning experience kind of like what I was describing. Just recently, I updated one of my professional development teacher pay teachers products, and I saw an increasing student engagement and accountability and empowerment in the classroom. And um, in fact, it was from, I originally presented at the North Carolina Association for Elementary Educators. It was like a region conference here in Charlotte. Uh, God, it was years ago. And I called it Teachers Pass the Torch because I was, you know, all about teachers learning how to pass the learning baton onto students so that they could do the work. I mean, this was when I was still in the classroom that I was presenting this and why I was so on fire for it, because I was going home all the time exhausted. And for what? I mean, obviously, I was working my butt off running around the classroom, getting kids engaged and spouting off curriculum, you know, in the most creative ways that I could muster and my brain and my body were just done. I was drained. But isn't that just so backwards? (laughs) I mean, I passed elementary school. In fact, I used to tell my kids that like I passed third grade, I don't need to be the one knowing this you do let's go, you know, and they nod in agreement like, yeah, yeah. (laughs) But some days I literally felt like the kids showed up to watch me like I was a movie, you know, the dog and pony show I always refer to on this podcast, you know, was stellar. (laughs) But I had little results because it was the Gretchen show. I mean, it was all about me. I wasn't the one at the end taking the test trying to move to a different grade. You know, what was I going to do that day and not what can the kids do today? It's just so embarrassing. (laughs) It's hard to admit when you like admit your faults publicly like this, but that's how I was until I got my act together before it was too late. So anyway, I fixed up that product and I'll actually link it into the show notes for this episode on alwayselesson.com. That way you can snag it because... It's just full of tips and strategies to just ensure students are getting to be in the driver's seat all throughout the lesson, not just during the independent practice time. And I think that really is, in essence, what I'm trying to say here, very similar to um, what I presented and then this professional development product, because I wanted to make sure more people could hear it, not just the people in Charlotte that were there. So if you feel like you could benefit from learning some of the strategies or you want to bring it back to your school and teach your teachers how to do it, definitely go get that one. But anyway, changing your instructional 
style and technique is just hard, you know, only because you've got to break all your own bad habits. I mean, that's not to say you can't ever be on stage, you know, but you got to limit it and just sprinkle that throughout your your lesson. So enough tangent on that. But part of this whole past the torch stuff is about creating learning experiences like the game I mentioned, Hunt a Killer. You know, as we begin the second half of the year, students have made a ton of progress in the skills that they're mastering and all the content they've learned so far. So now's really the opportunity to ramp up the student ownership because they don't need you as much. You know, they learn the basics. They're ready to grapple on their own, collaborate with each other, lean on their own understanding use their previously learned skills to gain new knowledge, yada, yada. So I'm not telling you what to do, but okay, I I am telling you what to do. (laughs) Seriously, don't waste another minute putting on a show. You can't prepare kids to reach their potential and move on in academia if you continue to handhold and do the work. And don't give me the excuse, oh, I have special needs learners or a lot of ELLs, they can't handle it. Because y'all, I taught the lowest of the low and the highest of the high in the same classroom, and I got them all to participate and to grow. So just build in supports where it's needed and take away supports where it's not needed. You got to be the guide on the side now. You're like the lifeguard at the pool. You're watching and waiting and you're really only intervening when necessary. It's super hard because this whole time you've been this orchestrator and the one man band, but your day in the sun is over. I'm sorry to tell you that. The best way I can ease you into the new scary waters of student ownership and accountability is to start small. Just make sure you're consistent. That's the key. So whatever you decide to try is fine. Just keep implementing it. Like any new skill, it's just weird and awkward and hard in the beginning. But the more you do it, you're like, okay, I got this. You know, and you start to make it your own. You get comfortable, you get excited, and then off you go. So start with one lesson plan for either later this week or early next week. I suggest you get a highlighter, actually two. Every time you're doing something, highlight one color. And every time your students are doing something, highlight another color. And when you're done, step back and look at that lesson plan and which color is more prominent. Probably going to be you, and that's okay. That means you're about to really benefit tremendously from this new change. It's a new year and a new you. So now that you've highlighted, choose one section of your highlighted area because that's the part we want to change. We don't want it to be all about us all the time. And think about how you can pass the baton. So do you need to be reading the read aloud? Do you need to be asking the comprehension questions? Do you need to be writing math problems on the board? Do you need to be the one leading the review? I mean, again, don't go big yet. I'm usually all about go big or go home, but this is kind of new and scary. And I really want you to figure out you and find your own style in this new approach. So choose one way to just make the change. Like pick a student to do the read aloud or allow a high flyer to lead the review. Um, or print out comprehension question slips and allow kids to read and ask each other. Just whatever. Just tweak it so it's still part of the plan. So you're not really changing what you're doing. You're just changing who's doing it. And yeah, I know you're going to tell me this too. It takes longer. Well, yes, <laughs> it does. Because you got to teach procedures. You got to have high expectations. Kids just take long to do stuff. I mean, I get it. But you're the teacher and the whole point of the work you do every day is to get kids to learn. So get out of the way. Stop doing the work. 
You know, I'm the one that crawls out of my skin when I'm involved in any sort of inefficient process of any kind just in life in general. So when kids take long to read or kids are dawdling in a transition, oh my God, I just want to jump in and make it go faster and better. But it's not about me. You know, like I said, I passed this grade. So did you. And the more you get them to be in the driver's seat, the greater the likelihood they'll remain the head leader on their learning journey and not just sit waiting to be led. You got to get these kids to be advocates for themselves. You know, what do they need, how they need it. And the more you teach them to ask and to seek the things they need, you know, the more they're going to succeed. So once you've tried that one simple thing, then you're really ready to start mixing it up. I bet your kids loved it, and I bet you got to really see their learning in action. You might even have gotten the best anecdotal notes of your teaching career watching it all unfold. So go for it. Don't hold back now. Go back to those lesson plans and create a song and a dance, meaning, you know, a little you, a little them, a little you, a little them. And don't think you can't ever take over and don't think you ever can't jump in because you are controlling the pace and the momentum and the flow. So you have to jump in and engage, but then step right back out and let them go. Remember my hunt a killer analogy I shared throughout the episode. The reason it is so engaging is because the skills are working together. Because of where we are in the year, students are really ready to do more on their own because their tool belts are chock full of skills. So take some serious time to list out all the skills and concepts you've taught this year so far. This list is going to be super helpful as you design lesson plans. So you might as well just clip it into your lesson plan binder. And as you're planning lesson plans, look at that skills list or that concepts list and think about, okay, how can I bring in multiple into this next lesson? You know, maybe find reading passages on science and social studies topics or and math word problems have students find the text evidence. I mean, however you want to interweave topics, it's really up to you. But the more you do that, the more practice kids are getting. They shouldn't have to wait until math time to do math and reading time to do reading. As I told you, my husband and I were using all sorts of skills at the same time, and that's what was empowering and exhilarating. And that's really what life is. It's not these isolated skill practice times. You know, learning just unraveled and we didn't even realize we were learning. Make that same experience for kids. Throw as many higher order thinking skills together in your assignments and tasks, as well as balance them out with some lower level ones. That way you keep the song and the dance going because no one can think it the highest of the high and the lowest of the low for too long, you know, they're either going to get bored or give up. So it's good to mix in complexity and mix in content and mix in skills and uh, mix in yourself too. I do have one ask of you though. I mean, I'm assuming you're going to follow through on this whole passing the torch thing, but please, please, please share with your team what worked and what didn't work. I mean, the more we can get all teachers to embrace not being in front of the classroom direct instructing all day, the better off our students are going to be. Give them the encouragement they need to just jump in the deep end and, you know, tell them the funny stories of the lessons you learned and how amazingly rewarding it was to watch your kids just blossom because you took off the swimming floaties or the bike training wheels. And also remind them to just start small because it's totally different than what they're used to. I will say management is big here, folks. So if you feel like you aren't strong enough in your systems and procedures and being able to get students' attention back on task, then just reach out to me. I got you. I'll talk you through it. I don't want anything to stop you from giving this a try. I mean, anyone can make this happen. It's all about your prep. If you plan it and execute it to the detail that you planned it, you're going to be golden. It's not going to be perfect, but it'll happen and you'll know how to tweak it and keep going. 
Remember, I'm just only an email away, Gretchen and always a lesson.com. All right, elite educators, that is a wrap for this week's podcast on interweaving those higher order skills in an authentic, natural way by putting student ownership at the forefront of every lesson. Now go out and be great because you've just been empowered. This podcast is a member of the Education Podcast Network, a podcast network that encourages you to think about your profession and succeed in the world of education. Whether you're a first-year educator or a seasoned veteran, there is a podcast for you. All of the shows are produced by educators who want to shape education through meaningful discussion and content. So head on over to edupodcastnetwork.com for more details. 